0: necessary. By law. 18 plus. Terms and apply. See for
1: Extending research-based advocacy to all Nigerians forms a critical part of the NESG mandate. The NESG mandate. At different times, the NESG conducts research-based advocacy by employing public education and community mobilization strategy.
2: The diversification of this economy is very, very important
1: research-based advocacy allows for social voice, prioritization and bringing different actors together for dialogue to a sustainable and inclusive development in our country in our country. Welcome to NESG Radio Welcome. To the NESG Radio, I'm your host Yinka Inyolako. The 26th Nigerian Economic Summit was a big conversation for action with the theme "Building Partnerships for Resilience." It held on the 23rd and 24th of November, 2020. Key stakeholders from private, public sector, civil society, diaspora, and youth communities converge physically and virtually, utilizing a hybrid format. At the 26th Summit, the Chairman, Board of Directors, NESG, delivered an impactful opening address to all summiteers. Here is Mr. Asue Godalo.
2: Good morning. On behalf of my colleagues on the board of the Nigerian Economic Summit Group, I welcome every one of us, to the 26th Nigerian Economic Summit, which we on the board hope it will not be yet another summit. The circumstances of the times, that is, the pandemic, and its far-reaching health and economic consequences, the restiveness of a huge youth population, a population growth rate that exceeds our rate of economic growth and development, the high rates of unemployment and underemployment, and the resultant high levels of poverty in our economy dictate that this must be a summit with a difference. A business-as-usual summit we simply cannot afford and we must not do over the next two days. The recommendations from this summit and other similar economic interventions should be carefully considered by our federal and state governments as critical inputs into policies that must be crafted and tailored towards implementing national prescriptions that will result in real, sustainable and inclusive, double-digit economic growth over the next two decades. Before we delve into the substance of our hopes and expectations for this year's summit, I would like to start by expressing our profound appreciation to His Excellency, President Muhadu Buhari, GCFR, ably represented by the Vice President, Professor Yemi Shibadu S.A. and GCON, for his consistent support to the annual economic summit since he assumed office in May 2015. We are also extremely grateful to our partners at the Federal Ministry of Finance, Budget, and National Planning. In particular, the Honorable Minister of Finance, Mrs. Zainab Ahmed, and the Minister of State for Budget and National Planning, Prince Clem Agba, for their dedication, commitment, and support in sustaining this collaboration, and their unrelenting hard work in developing the medium- and long-term National Economic Development Plan. I also thank all honorable ministers, heads of ministries, departments, and agencies, and our partners across all sectors of the Nigerian economy for their cooperation, participation, dedication, as well as their historical recent support for the pre-NES26 summit events, which culminates in today's event. We hope we can continue to count on your engagement as partners in the growth and development of the Nigerian economy for the good of the people of Nigeria. I convey our immense gratitude to each of the 36 Governors for their determination to develop their states and their forthrightness and openness to economic partnership with each other and with the private sector. I thank the Secretariat of the NGF for effectively coordinating our work with the states. I would also like to thank our national assembly and its leaders for their understanding and cooperation as well as their pledge to work closer with our economic agencies and the private sector to enact laws that will create an enabling environment for business and investors. Finally, as the economic summit, we must thank our sponsors over the years, over 28 years, particularly our sponsors in the last one year who have stood fast with us, who, in appreciating our role in the economy, back us financially, in kind, and in their consideration of putting our economy first, above, above all else. The support publicly and privately has been overwhelming, and we sincerely thank you. As I said at the beginning, it is our desire that this is not yet another Nigerian Economic Summit. This is the 26th summit to be held since the first was convened by Chief Ernest Schonek on GCFR in February 1993 and the first to be held in a hybrid format. It is my hope, however, that the hosting format will not be the only point of this difference at this year's summit. I've voiced this hope on one hand with a sense of respect for the sustained commitment of both the public and private sectors to critical dialogue and continued progress towards keeping the wheels of our nation's economy turning in the right direction. And on the other, with a profound sense of exasperation at the missed opportunities year after year that are left in the gap between the output of these summits and the actions we almost habitually fail to take this year we must commit to do more than talk and then documentation of our deliberations we must commit to act and keep banging on the doors of those who are statutorily empowered to implement the actions required until they do so this is why this summit is about building partnerships we all can no longer work successfully alone. In our opening remarks last year, we highlighted some of the positive economic policy decisions that were born out of recommendations initiated at previous summits through the years. While those remain signposts to be proud of, our reflections will be incomplete, and frankly, astigmatic, if we did not also examine the many more policy recommendations that have not been acted upon over the years and acknowledge the progress we have lost to inaction. Last year's summit, at the cusp of a new decade, was aptly themed shifting gears. It signaled a determination to pivot and work assiduously to accelerate the country's progress on the path to development. Unfortunately, there has not been much gear shifting, at least not in the direction of progress. Worse still, we have experienced a a pandemic such as never been seen in modern times, which has further exacerbated our economic frailties. Figures released by the National Bureau of Statistics just last Friday, indicate that our economy has slid into a recession our GDP in real terms is expected to contract to minus 4% by year end. The oil sector has contracted by minus 13.89% to date. The non oil sector, which covers key subsectors such as transportation, agriculture, financial institutions, information and communication, construction, education, real estate, and trade, has done much better but it still records a negative growth of minus 2.5 percent. Data from the Ministry of Finance, Budget and National Planning indicates that actual federal retained revenue realized from January to August 20, primarily as a consequence of the pandemic, fell by 29 percent when compared with the prorated figure in the revised 2020 budget. Lower government revenue and rising expenditure resulted in a significant increase in the country's fiscal deficits, which rose beyond the 3% stipulated in the Fiscal Responsibility Act. In the first half of 2020, Nigeria added $3.6 trillion to its public debt stock, which stood at about $31 trillion in June. Public debt is expected to increase further in the year, raising concerns about the country's fiscal sustainability. We have 14 million of our children who are not in school. About 55% of our employable adults are unemployed or underemployed. Over 100 million of our people are poor. Nearly 10% of all global maternal deaths occur in Nigeria. Only Sierra Leone, Chad and South Sudan have more deaths at birth. Our manufacturers are experiencing declining output and cannot readily access foreign exchange for their machinery and materials. And our exporters cannot easily access our main ports. Ordinarily, we would explain away these disappointing indicators by pointing out that the pandemic slowed progress on many fronts. And we would make this the explanation for our failure to achieve traction in the year 2020. And start a reversal of these indicators. But these are not ordinary times. And as easy as it would be to explain away our continued decline with the words global pandemic, I will challenge us to bear in mind that while the Nigerian economy is expected to contract by nearly 5%, the Chinese economy is on track to grow by 1% this year. This is despite China being the epicenter of the pandemic with almost twice as many cases and four times as many deaths as we have experienced in Nigeria. The Chinese economy, in fact, has not contracted since 1976. Its growth streak has lasted for over four decades through global financial crisis, trade wars with the United States, and now a pandemic that tore through their country first before splintering to other countries. China has shown us what a serious nation can do, when it looks back on its history, resolves never again to fail its citizens, and forges forward with a sense of urgency, discipline and purpose. It is essential to note that this comparison with China is not misplaced. In 1983, Nigeria's per capita income was double that of China, and today, Despite its population, China's per capita income is five times that of Nigeria in the space of about 40 years. So while there are many possible rationalizations for the state of our economy, I I would urge us to engage throughout this summit with the example of China etched firmly in our consciousness. They put behind us the failed Great Leap Forward policy that caused tens of millions of Chinese deaths and fixed their eyes forward on the task of becoming a global superpower. There was audacity in their vision. It is also time that we, in Nigeria, put audacity to our vision. Please note that I am not making an argument for us to copy and paste China. I am not doing so. Far from it. However, we must copy the Chinese spirit. A plan that worked for China four decades ago is unlikely to offer a viable blueprint for our own development today. The world has changed. However, if China can consistently grow and pull millions of her people out of poverty, why can we not do the same? We must urgently define our own path and galvanize our people Just work hard, like as if our lives depend on it, and truly, our lives depend on it. We cannot make this pandemic, or indeed any other hurdles we will encounter, an acceptable explanation for failing to forge forward. Not with 200 million lives hanging in the balance, and more than half living below the poverty line. We must give those 200 million Nigerians something to hope, live and work for. We must provide Nigerians with a future to believe in, and we must be in a hurry to make that hope and future a reality. One that can be felt, touched, and experienced by everyone, everywhere. From our vibrant urban centers, to the very last inch of the last mile of our deep rural communities. There's no better time to commit to this future than now. Year 2020 marks the commencement of the Global Decade of Action for the Sustainable Development Goals, with the powerful promise and possibility of leaving no one behind in Nigeria. This summit must be different, ladies and gentlemen. It cannot be yet another summit. It must emphasize execution over endless dialogue and results over rhetoric, and stress the value of partnerships at all levels across the country. We will discuss and make policy recommendations, and to be clear, we do not take the view that our policy recommendations at the NESG can or should represent the only way forward. We are not that arrogant. But let us view it as a foundation to be improved upon. They are, as always, just policy options presented based on collective thinking. What is important is that government commits to ensuring that the underlying issues we highlight and seek to address by those recommendations are examined in depth and promptly and effectively addressed through policy alternatives that are implemented within the year. For these annual meetings to have real meaning and the required momentum, we cannot spend years pondering policy interventions. Government must reposition itself as a proactive and responsive vision custodian and policy driver, coming to the table each year having cleared identified obstacles and ready to tackle new ones. Our regulators must play their part and change their mindsets. They must act as facilitators and not dampen the enthusiasm of institutions which are trying to grow the economy. They must create a truly enabling environment. And those of us at the NESG and the private sector must also do more and we must do much better. A critical look at recommendations over the years reveal missed opportunities as much in unaddressed policy needs as in gaps that we have failed to identify. How do we in the private sector ensure we create jobs, good jobs, globally competitive jobs? at a pace that matches our national demand? How do we attract patient capital into our economy and continue to encourage, plead, cajole, and support government to make the right and correct policy pronouncements? How do we, in the private sector, diversify away from our dependence on dying fossil fuels and extraction to a productive and climate-resilient, commodity-resilient, and technology-propelled economy? Where do we find the money to build appropriate infrastructure for a next generation African giant and point government in the right direction? How do we learn to speak truth to power in the best interest of our country rather than our penchant for seeking personal advantage or our fear of retribution and sanction? How do we eliminate private sector corruption and our selective sense of entitlement? All of us who are players in this economy, the public and the private sectors, SMEs, civil society, and the youth, must learn to love our country with passion and work to ensure its viability into the future. We must all be dedicated to growing an inclusive 21st century economy in the shortest possible time. Let this 26th summit be the one where we collectively resolve to shun off greed, selfishness, self-absorption nepotism tribalism and corruption and stand for what is best for our country it is time that we show good example and lead the way to creating a more prosperous nation and be brave in facing our realities with strength purpose and integrity a tall order from where we are today but achievable with the will vision and capacity to effectively and fairly implement the right policies. It is impossible to consider our stark statistics without turning for a brief moment to the recent NSAS protests, the debilitating and damaging riots, and all of the issues that have emerged at the back of it, including the need to postpone this summit from its earlier scheduled date. Whether or not we agree with the protests, or are concerned with the method and motives of protesters, it is impossible to ignore the phrase in the fabric of our economic, social, and political existence that have caused this rending. How does a society focus its energies on outpacing growth norms if it cannot confront its challenges without resorting to violence? And I say this without bias to any side of the divide. Neither citizens nor governments achieve meaningful progress through violence. Conflict sometimes, yes, but never resistant to violence. For a country such as ours, desperately in need of development momentum and capital, the events of last month were bad for morale, bad for confidence, and bad for business. Of the 19 trillion invested in negative yielding assets, That means assets that on the day you invest, you know you're not getting your full sum back. Of the 19 trillion invested globally, none of it has been invested in Nigeria, regardless that they can earn money on those assets. Because our investment environment has been tagged unwelcome, unsafe, and unpredictable. At a time when our fiscal space is constrained by low revenues and high debts, The need to strengthen the attractiveness of the investment climate to encourage local and foreign investment is of the utmost importance. The world does not trust our commitment to the rule of law and the impartiality and efficiency of our dispute resolution processes. Our multiple exchange rates, policy flip-flops and perception of how we react to investors confuses the investing world. These are not labels we can afford. At least not now or never. The current American theatrics notwithstanding, peace and stability and consistency of policy remain key investment indicators. And we are in competition with many developing countries across the globe for patient capital. We cannot undo yesterday, but we most certainly can and shall manage the fallout with the wisdom and diplomacy that match this moment in time. Our belief at the NESG is that resolution must come through dialogue, advocacy, disciplined, thoughtful challenges to the status quo in the interest of our collective progress, as well as sincere and concerted resolve to act decisively to bring about required changes. Time has shown this to be the only way that civilized societies successfully resolve conflicts and make traction towards their ideal. The truth of our national now, however, is this. As far as we may have come, we have not come far enough. We cannot expect young people to thank us for past sacrifices while we hand them a nation relegated to watching globalization from the sidelines without partaking at its bounty of its bounty. Whilst what we do is share in pandemics and economic shutdowns. At this juncture, it is essential to acknowledge, celebrate, and thank the federal government of Nigeria for our COVID-19 pandemic response. Through the work of the Presidential Task Force on COVID-19 Control, the private sector-led coalition against COVID-19, the sub-nationals spearheaded by the governors, and the broad-based citizen response support mechanism that rallied the collective capabilities and will of our people to scale up our resource and capacity development to meet the crisis head-on. Many in the world wonder how we did it in Nigeria. To all those who continue to fight to push back the spread and effects of this virus here at home and around the world, we salute you. To our countrymen and friends that have lost their loved ones during the pandemic, please accept our deepest condolences and may all the souls of our dearly departed rest in perfect peace. Just as the leadership of this country led by government and supported by the private sector stood up to protect our citizens from the scourge of this disease with timely and impressive interventions. We must rise to deliver our economy, and an economy that is worthy of our stewardship, and protect our population from the scourge of poverty and exclusion. No excuses, no ifs, no buts. The restless energy and frustrations of the young people of this country must be constructively engaged and channeled towards building an economic powerhouse on the African continent that we can all be proud of, and even more importantly, that can support their livelihoods and ambitions. Our role as the adults in the room is to create the pathway for them to responsibly fulfill their potential and with it, our nation's great promise. The nation belongs to over 100 million youth of this country. It is in recognition of this reality and in keeping with the NESG's commitment to constructive engagement as the ultimate path to progress that we have included a session in this year's summit on unlocking the productive potential of Nigerian youth and a closing plenary around the unifying theme, empowering our youth. This is to ensure that the ambitions and concerns of the younger generation are captured in our deliberations over the next two days. Theirs is the future that must be impacted by how the Nigerian economy develops. And it is important that their voices are adequately situated in our musings about the country's economic future, as it is that, great, that experience that will lend perspective to their vision now perhaps more than at any other summit before today we must treat our time here as sacrosanct recognizing the full gravity of the moment a dream without a deadline is not a plan it's a fantasy and the time for fantasizing must be behind us this summit which is themed building partnerships for Resilience," is about prompting strategic partnerships between our national and sub-national governments, the private sector, civil society, and our youth to accelerate our economic growth and development. The summit will be anchored on three pillars, collaboration, execution, and impact, and our discussions will be dimensioned across five sub-themes, mapping the future, new trends, new opportunities, new horizons, embracing technology and innovation, building resilience, and charting the path to recovery. I remind us once again that this 26th summit must not be yet another summit. We must act now. Our extreme poverty, the insecurity across the country, massive unemployment, our decaying infrastructure, diminished investments, lack of safety nets for the aged, in disadvantaged and poor, all signal a clear and present need to take immediate and urgent action. This summit presents us with the opportunity to catalyze, coordinate, and sync all the efforts already being made, throw up additional ideas, and with government taking the lead, execute and implement all that is set before us with speed this year's green book by a collective resolve must amount to more than an, an encyclopedia of dreams to be relegated to the graveyard of ideas we do not have much time and our goal must be to define and build an inclusive 21st century economy that the nigerians deserve mr president sir and Mr. Vice President, I beg you to re-energize the steps you have initiated to lift hundred million of our people out of poverty through labor-intensive job creation in high-elasticity sectors that have most significant potential to eradicate multidimensional, multidimensional poverty. I beg you to ensure that no Nigerian child is out of school. I beg you to ensure that none of our mothers die at childbirth, that no citizen lacks social protection, that we create an environment that has world-class infrastructure, that we have respect for the rule of law, and that we grow in double digits and our country becomes the number one destination for patient capital flows on the African continent. We can achieve this with the right commitment, spirit, and passion. All that investors seek is a level playing field and an environment they can trust. Yes, it is true that we're in the middle of a pandemic and that most economies across the globe have slowed as a result of it or have even contracted massively. But let us remember this. The days have not stopped turning The years have not stopped counting, and there is no stopwatch for the developmental needs of our country. Steady, speedy, and unrelenting traction is our only way forward. We must be in a hurry, all of us together, as the need for action beyond rhetoric has never been more acute. In the words of our anthem, our work is indeed to build a nation where peace and justice shall reign, ensuring that the labors of our heroes' past shall not have been in vain, and may the God of creation direct our noble cause, guide our leaders' rights, and help our youth the truth to know. I thank you all for being here and for coming, and for the courtesy of listening to me. Thank you.
1: Thank you for joining us today. For more information about the 26th Nigeria Economic Summit, visit our website on www.nestgroup.org/26